0: This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn more about Reynolds' online retailing approach by visiting rayray.com forward slash That's R-U-I, R-U-I dot com slash
1: Welcome to Daily Drive for August 5th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News.
2: And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show... Carvana books another big loss. Toyota offers to buy back its EVs, while Tesla looks to ramp up assembly. Plus, more dealers are trying digital tools to speed up the financing process. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Carvana lost
1: $439 million in the second quarter, bringing its first-half net loss to $945 million. It's a dramatic turnaround from a year earlier when Carvana reported its first and only quarterly profit. The online used vehicle retailer has been challenged by high prices that make inventory acquisition more expensive and can cost more than some used car buyers are able to pay. Carvana sold more than 117,500 cars and trucks in the quarter. That's a 9% increase from a year earlier, but gross profit per vehicle dropped by about a third to $3,368. Still, that was $500 better than in
2: the first quarter. Toyota is trying to make things right for a small number of owners of its first EV in almost a decade after they've been told the wheels may fall off the $42,000 crossover. Toyota is offering a loaner vehicle fuel cost reimbursement, expanded complimentary charging, and $5,000 of credit towards the purchase or lease. It's also offering to buy back the cars outright, though terms may vary depending on the state and specific circumstances. This is the first major customer satisfaction campaign undertaken by Toyota Motor North America since Jack Hollis succeeded Bob Carter as the automaker's head of sales. A spokesman confirmed that Hollis was involved in developing the options for impacted customers. The Japan-built BZ4X went on sale in the U.S. in late spring. It was Toyota's first EV since the RAV4 EV, which was built in cooperation with Tesla in 2014. However, just weeks after the BZ4X launch, Toyota issued a stop sale and recall notice prompted by warnings from Japan's safety regulator. Tesla CEO Elon Musk told shareholders
1: that the EV maker aims to have an annual run rate of 2 million vehicles a year by the end of this year and will continue to build new factories to join the four it currently has in operation. Musk said Tesla could announce a new factory location as soon as this year and encouraged those in attendance who suggested putting it in Canada, noting that he's half Canadian. Tesla is ultimately targeting an annual output of 20 million vehicles a year, about double the biggest automaker's peak annual output, which Musk said would require 10 to 12 so-called gigafactories producing one and a half to two million vehicles apiece. After making one million vehicles last year, Musk said Tesla should reach a total of 1.5 million this year. Separately, he told shareholders at the annual meeting that the Cybertruck, which is scheduled to start production in Texas next year, may cost more and have different features than when it was first shown in late 2019,
2: said Musk. A lot has changed since then. The federal EV tax credit expansion got another boost Thursday when Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema said she would support it after fellow Democrats agreed to changes in tax provisions and funding to combat drought. That should secure the 50 votes Democrats need to set up Vice President Kamala Harris to break the tie against unified Republicans. The plan promises to reshape the fast-growing EV market at least 6 of the 10 most popular EVs today wouldn't qualify for incentives under the new system. Battery-powered Hyundai, Kia, and Polestar models are all imported, while Tesla's Model S, Model X, and most of its Model 3s exceed the price limits based on vehicle type. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, with this Toyota recall, are automakers just rushing a little too fast to get new EVs to market?
1: That's a good question. You know, I mean, Toyota, right, is so well known for their quality, and then to have a really embarrassing, you know, problem like this. I mean, the wheels can literally fall off. That's usually a a metaphor, not a a literal problem. Uh, So it's it's really embarrassing. Of course, you know, we've seen problems in the EV market before. Tesla is the dominant leader, and they've had uh, suboptimal quality. Uh, But this is really a a different type of problem from a different type of automaker. And and it definitely raises questions about what didn't get
2: checked, what didn't get done right. Coming up, dealerships look to speed up buying and loan processes in auto finance through digital tools. That's next on Daily Drive. Customer
0: wants to sign documents remotely? No problem. Customer wants to provide documentation and their driver's license in person? No problem customer wants to have their vehicle delivered? No problem. There are a lot of steps to complete a car deal, but what happens when customers start online and end in-store, or vice versa? You need a seamless, consistent process to start work and finalize every vehicle purchase, no matter where the customer is. Chris Walsh, president of Reynolds & Reynolds, explains how. Retail Anywhere is is powered by the retail management system. So the retail management system is the engine that, that kind of makes this all work. And It's based on the premise that customers can be anywhere, right? They can be in store, they can be at home, they can be a hybrid of both. It doesn't really matter, but it's a single process of interacting with that customer. And that's, you know, really important to be consistent in that way. And it's only achievable through a single system like the retail management system. Regardless of where the customer is buying from and how, Retail Anywhere focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this holistic approach to digital retailing, visit rayray.com forward slash retail anywhere. That's R E Y, R E Y dot com slash retail anywhere.
1: Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. Financing a car can be a painfully slow process at most dealerships, but a new Walters Kluwer study shows a growing number of dealerships plan to focus more on adopting digital finance tools, such as e-signature and e-contracting, to automate and speed up the process. Senior Editor Dan Schein spoke with Tim Yalich, Head of Automotive Strategy at Walters Kluwer, about these and other findings. Here's their conversation.
3: Tim, thanks for joining us today on the F&I Friday Friday edition of Daily Drive. Uh, Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me today, Dan. I know uh, Walters Kluwer did a recent survey called an industry in disruption, a survey of the automotive industry's journey from paper to digital. Why did you why did your team want to do the survey? What are we hoping to
4: uh, get out of it? A couple of things. Uh, first, we wanted to better understand where auto retailers and lenders are in the adoption of digital processes to execute uh, contracts electronically. Are they using digital tools now? Or are they just getting started or taking a wait and see approach? And for those that have adopted, are they seeing any value? So that's really the primary premise. And second to that, Walter Kluwer recently rolled out a new project and we refer to it as the Auto Finance Digital Transformation Index. That's a mouthful, but what it is, is a uh, we started tracking the volume of e-contracts that are deposited into some of the platforms that we, we provide into the market. It's like a four-year snapshot that shows the volume and what we've seen is a dramatic increase in adoption or use of e-contracting over, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic. But during the pandemic, it really accelerated to the approach of double to triple digit growth quarter to quarter. So we wanted to do the survey to back up some of the information that we're seeing in that index as we bring that and share that with the market on a quarterly basis.
3: So what did you learn from the survey? Anything kind of stand out that, that surprised you?
4: Well, value is certainly being recognized by those who adopt. All respondents said that going digital in the finance area has cut processing times in half. This is everything from the consumer experience of completing the process of a, uh, in the finance office or and also back office processes, such as exchanging uh, business documents with lenders and other partners. The survey showed that nearly a quarter to half of all finance deals have errors due to manual and paper-based processes. And over 74% said that the finance process takes more than 30 minutes to complete in that paper environment. In contrast to companies that have embraced digital, 76% are seeing times cut down to 10 to 20 minutes with minimal errors, if any. What stood out, I would say, was pretty revealing that nearly one of three said that they were unsure if e-signing and e-contracting would expedite the process. This says there may be a lack of understanding of the value and the industry needs more education. For those who have adopted a digital process, the value seems to be clear. The good news here is 84% of them said that they plan to adopt more digital finance tools this year or have plans to better understand and find the right partner to help them implement. It shows the eagerness to learn and, and get going.
3: What about anything kind of like surprise you that you saw in this survey that you weren't expecting?
4: The majority of the respondents who currently have digital financing solutions are still finding some weaknesses in their solutions. So that was kind of surprising. One of the stats that jumped out was 82% said they have a digital solution in place now. But of that 82%, only 8% said that they have a complete digital workflow. This might seem like a big disparity, but it's where we see in the evolution of the digital process. Most of the focus has been on deploying an e-sign solution to create a more modern and frictionless environment that can be performed virtually or face-to-face. It's what the consumers demanded. What's missing for most is what happens after the consumer engagement. The digital workflows uh, really need to evolve to support the electronic exchange of documents between the retailer and their partners, such as lenders, state agencies, and market providers like aftermarket providers. From there, the lenders, state and other companies need to absorb the electronic information and automate their processes. The survey definitely told us that there's still a lot of runway for growth and adoption here. With only 8% reporting, they have end-to-end processes. So there's lots of room.
3: And so I would imagine that this survey kind of piqued some interest in, you know, maybe going down a couple little rabbit holes Um, and some of those numbers, what's kind of interesting you now, now that you have the survey, what's kind of piqued
4: your interest that you kind of maybe want to explore further? I would say in the near term, e-contracting will be the primary method of transacting finance purchases. In some cases, it's already the only option. Paper is phasing out, so so is the cost and risk associated with it. Some institutions have already committed to no longer printing or supporting paper documents. We're also seeing some new and updated regulations to emerge in support of digital transactions. This makes the use of digital solutions even more valuable as it can help keep up with and ensure compliance. And I mentioned the AutoFinance Transformation Index. The data from this past quarter showed that e-contracting grew nearly 80% since the previous quarter. In a down market, that says a lot about where we are headed as an industry. What I expect to see next is really watching how fast digital tool adoption evolves in the back office area. We see many financial service companies performing automated decisions, which has sped up the application and contracting processes. Innovative and digital first lenders are using AI and machine learning to process electronic deals from the retailers and fund them the same day as the vehicle delivery. Pretty awesome. Uh, in an industry where cash is king, we certainly welcome the change where retailers can recover fun, funds from a Finance purchase m- more quickly, uh, so that they can put that to use in other areas where they need to.
3: It's definitely obviously the you know COVID era really kind of accelerated a lot of these you know moves to digital, and, and you know it'll, it'll be interesting to see if dealerships you know continue. Obviously, the consumers want them. It's a matter of you know will the dealerships continue to ex- accelerate the growth of these of these options. Before we leave, any
4: kind of final thoughts on where we're headed in this digital age? Yeah, sure. I mean, a couple thoughts. Change is inevitable. You know, meeting consumer expectations was the first force of change. Then the pandemic happened, which really moved paper-based processes to digital. Companies that delay this transition risk losing business and being pushed out by competitors. If you're not already in the midst of implementing digital processes, you need to be. The benefits of transitioning from paper to digital has already been realized and proven. It's really no longer a nice-to-have. It's now a business requirement. Well, Tim, that's a lot of good stuff. Got a good information,
3: Uh, interesting, kind of where the industry is headed in the future when it comes to digital adoption. Thanks for joining us.
4: Thank you for having me on board today, Dan. And at Walters Kluwer, we appreciate what you and Automotive News does for our industry and we will look forward to the next time we get together.
1: Thanks, Tim. Take care. Tim Yalich is head of automotive strategy at Walters Kluwer.
2: That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. You can get the latest news on earnings, EVs, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe
1: so you never miss an episode.